Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning we are here to study about evangelism and in comparison with farming that most of us are familiar with. A farmer, I want you to think about, I want all of you to put the cap of a farmer. I don't know whether he has a cap or not, but then put the cap of a farmer this morning. And a farmer, when he goes out into the field, there are a couple of things that he comes across on his way. When he looks at the vast field that he could see in front of him, he has a responsibility of farming in that field and bringing up the crops so that eventually they will result in harvests. I want to compare this morning farming with evangelism. A farmer is a man or woman who works in the farm, in the field. And he walks into the farm and he wants to work during, during the entire day. At the end of the day, he comes home hoping that his work is going to reward. His work is going to reward. A farmer has a responsibility of feeding his family by working in the field. A farmer has the responsibility of doing what he is supposed to do in season so that he gets the reward in season, in time. You know, I just want to take that and directly compare to you and me. What we do today, we work with people. When we look at people around us, you know, that, that, that is a farm field for us. We see multitudes of people around us. We see people from different nations. We see people belong to different races, different color. You know, we see many kind of people around us today. And as a believer, as a child of God, this morning, God is asking you and me, you know, to go and minister to these people who are living around us. That's what farmer does. He works in the field. And God is calling not just me, not just the pastors, but every believers to come and work in the field. And what is the field today? People. You and I are called to work in the lives of people. Do you know that you are influencing somebody in your life? Without your knowledge. Without you knowing about it. There are lives being touched by you. Just simply because you are a child of God. Simply because you carry precious Lord Jesus in your life. When you go to school, there are lives touched. Probably you, know, you don't know about it. You don't know about it, but things are happening. And we want to see more things happening in the coming days. And God is telling this morning, as a child of God, as a believer, you have a responsibility of somebody who is living with you. In probably in the same street, in the same community, maybe in your society, with your association. You know, there are many groups of people, they are living around us. And God has called you and me as a farmer. The moment I think about the farmer, what comes in my mind is the hard work. The hard work. Day and night he sweats. He works in the field. God is asking you and me not to be just lazy, but God is asking you and me to work the way a farmer works in the field. This morning I wish I can take you right away into a farm field. In the next slide probably we are just going to have that. We are going to see that. A farmer, how he starts in a season in his life. He starts with preparation. 
You know, he takes all the implements that he has in his hands. He takes the plow, you know, he, he, he takes the tiller, and he takes the racking tool, and, you know, he takes all the things, and he goes into the farmland, and he prepares the land. He prepares the land. When you say land, I'm referring to lies. Hope you're getting me. I'm referring to lies. He prepares the land. And then once the land is ready, he sows seed in the land. He starts sowing seed in the land. When the land is sufficiently prepared. And as he sows the seed, he, he comes home and he waits. He plants. Sorry. Then, yeah, he plants and then he waters. And then he wants to see the plant growing. The plant growing. He wants to see the plant growing. And eventually, when it grows, when it yields fruit, he is ready for a harvest. You know, that's a cycle that he goes through in and out. Children of God, you and I are called to do exactly what a farmer does. Someone has prepared your ground. When you are away from God, this morning we are hearing the testimony from Jitu. You know, one point of time, he was not with God. He was away from God, not worshipping the Lord in the right way. But someone, he didn't say that, but then I believe, someone came into his life and he prepared that ground. All of us, all of our lives were prepared because someone came there as a farmer and prepared us. Then somebody saw the word of God. When you go to church, somebody saw the word of God. When you listen to the television, when you turn on to the internet, you know, you somebody, you hear the voice of God. When you read the word of God, the seed is continually being sown into your lives. And then the seed germinates and the seed grows and it yields fruit. And eventually we get a harvest. As we grow in the Lord, as we start bearing fruits, as we start affecting some lives around us, as we start touching some life around us, and eventually we see we are ready for a harvest. We are ready for a harvest. You know, even you see the gospel night or, you know, some of the special evenings here. Because you go and invite them. You go and tell them that there is something happening in our church. Why don't you just come and be part of it? You invite them. And we see at the end of the service, people raising their hands and giving life to Jesus. People getting healed. People getting delivered. You know, why all such things happens? Because you sow the seed. And you wait the seed to grow in their lives. And eventually we see salvations happening. Eventually we see people committing their lives to Christ. And this morning we are talking about evangelism in line with the farming. The key scripture I just wanted to uh, you know, open uh, this morning is from Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. From the book of Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. This is a very beautiful scripture, crisp and precise for our topic this morning. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Read it for you as you see this in the screen. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You know, if you read that scripture with me and if you understand the seriousness of the Lord is seen in the tone in that, in, in that verse. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to, it is time to, can you repeat with me? It is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You know, it is time that indicates 
the seriousness of God. When God says it is time to do something, that means it has to be done on that time. When God's word of God says it is time for something, God expects us to do. Here we see it is time that means God is serious about mission. God is serious about evangelism. That's why he says break up the fallow ground. Sow yourself righteousness, reap in mercy because it is time to seek the Lord. You know, preparing the ground and sowing the seed and see that seed growing and eventually reaping the harvest is what we see in this scripture. This morning, God is serious about his business. I don't know about us. I don't know about the churches around us today. But God is serious about his business. You know, God wants people of God who can stand along with him. God really doesn't care about anybody else who doesn't walk with him. But uh, God wants somebody to stand along with him. I think you mentioned that. He said that, um, you know, you don't really, really cry out to God for to bless me, bless me in this fashion. But what did you say? Just to stand with him. Just to give hands to God. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. And this morning God is telling us, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. Children of God, God wants us to know, we cannot play around with God anymore. We cannot play around with God anymore. We can't put one leg here and one leg in this side. We cannot put our leg in the world and with the things of God. You know, there is a point of time in our lives, sometimes we go away from God. But then God draws you through many incidents. God draws you because different times He has spoken to us. But now when you listen to the voice of God, when we know that God's hand is heavy upon you, it is better to come to the Lord. It is better to do the work of God. It is better to be standing with the church and to minister to the people of God. God has called you to do. Hosea chapter 10 and 12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, and break the fallow ground. This morning, quickly, I want to take you to all those four stages. Preparation. Ground getting prepared. You know, as a farmer works in the ground, he tills the ground. And he plows the ground at some, some time. And then he wrecks. And, you know, levels the ground. Remove all the stones and the rocks and, you know, all the thorns and every unwanted stuff from the ground. And he prepares the ground so that the seed can be sown. The ground is the lives that we see around us today. This morning, can I ask you a question? How many of you are praying for your friends? At least one friend. Can I see your hands? If you are praying for good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. You know, God prepares lives when we pray. Prayer is the one that softens the heart of people. You know, the way the ground needs to be softened before the seed is sown, you need to, when you start praying, you don't see anything happening, but God softens their heart through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I encourage all of you to pray for at least five unbelievers, non-believers, non-Christians. Write down their names in the back of your Bible. Five names. Just start praying for them. God softens their hearts. Initially, they appear to be rough, like the ground. Once it is prepared, it is ready for the seed. Now the farmer walks in and he sows the seed. Seed is the word of God. Seed is the word of God. You don't need to hear a big sermon to listen to the word of God. When you pray for them and when you go 
and talk to them a word. That word is enough because it is prompted by God, Spirit of God. And you are in the right time because you have been praying for him. And when you go and speak to him, God's word is sown into that ground. But then think about the farmer. He needs a couple of skills to do that. He can't just go all of a sudden and start sowing. It will not grow. He needs a couple of skills. He, know, he, need to know, he needs to know when he can sow the seed. He needs to know how good the ground should be. He needs to know how good the seed should be. There are many things that he has to learn. You know, that's the reason God is taking us through a learning process of reading the word, meditating the word, listening to the sermons, and eventually practicing what we learn. You know, these are the couple of things that we do every day in our life. That's the reason it is important to meditate the word of God. When you meditate the word of God, God speaks to you. And you start doing that immediately. You implement it in your life. Stop doing those things which God prohibits, God prevents. And start doing things which God likes. How do you know? When you meditate the word of God, you know what God's heart is. The way, only way to know the heart of God is from his word. Because they are the spoken words. Not just really going behind the prophecies and find out what others say about Christ. You have a first-hand information in your hand. That's the word of God. That's the word. There cannot be any prophecy greater than this. Because God has already written and given into your hands. And when you read this, you know the heart of God. When you know the heart of God, you will try to do everything that pleases his heart. You don't do anything which doesn't please him. And now you gain skills as we put our, our, show our willingness to evangelize. Finally, you implement it. How he implements? He has a couple of implements with him. He, he takes all the tools and he prepares the ground and makes sure everything is right. Those are the tools that you have. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that operates in you. When the gifts will operate, as long as we church, sit in the inside four walls, the gifts don't operate. Gifts will operate when we go out. When we go out, when there is a need for somebody who is going through a sickness, at that time the gift will operate. We will see miracles when we start ministering to others. And God has given us tools in our hands. The gifts of God, the calling of God. You know, some of us are called to minister. All of us are called to minister because all of us are believers. God is expecting us to prepare the grounds around us. Secondly, God wants us to sow the seed. Do you remember the parable of a sower? Parable of the sower? He took a handful of seeds or a basket full of seeds. And he started sowing. As he was sowing, some of the seeds fell on the wayside. And what happened? The birds of the air came and picked them up. Some of the seeds fell on the stony ground and they tried to grow. But then what? There is no soil. There is no earth under that. So they couldn't grow because they couldn't shoot its root down below. Some of the seeds fell among the thorns. That's like, you know, life problems. Cares of the life, sickness, financial difficulties, children, marriage, relationship, this, that, so many other things. They all choke the plant. They couldn't grow. And some of the seeds fell on the good ground. They grow and multiply. Sowing is very important. Psalm 126, verse 6. It's a key scripture. Psalm 126, verse 6. Scripture says, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. Carrying sheaves with them. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, 
will return with songs of joy, bringing the sheaves. Carrying the seed is heavy. Have you seen a farmer carrying a basket full of seed as he wanted to sow the ground? Carrying the seed is very heavy at times. Carrying the seed simply means carrying the word of God. Trying to do things for God. Trying to be a testimony outside the church, in the community. It is heavy at times. It is heavy at times. Last week I was just test testing it, how heavy it is. Went to the Mumford Mall and I, I was just standing there. Wanted to give tracts to people. And I just want to pray with them if they wish. Just meeting a couple of people, those who are just standing there without any job. Went and asked them, how do you do? How things are in your life? Do you have any pain in your body? What is really bothering you? Can I pray for you? They were just looking at me from top to bottom. And then with a smile, probably most of them said no. And I asked how everything is going good in your life. Are you sure? They said yes. And I had a tract and gave that to him, the him and said, read through it. And that tract says that if you die today, where is your destiny? You know, it is hard. It is not that easy. Some of us, those who are in the ministry, we know that at times it is hurtful. It is painful. You know, you have the power of the enemy working everything against you in your life, carrying the seed. The farmer goes out to sow with weeping. God's work needs commitment. God's work needs at times, you know, it, it drains us. It is challenging. All of us, we, when we try to do things for God, when we carry the seed, we go weeping. Sowing with weeping also means sowing with the burden. You know, when we want to do something for people, we need to have a burden about people. When we want to, you know, do something for people, when you want to share the gospel, you need to have very, be clear, very clear in your mind, if they die today, where their soul will be. You know, it is very important when we sow the seed with a burden. If we don't have the burden about souls, ask God. He will give you that burden. He will give you that burden. Let's continue. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6 says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which one will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. One of God is telling, sow the seed in the morning, sow the seed in the evening. It tells me simply, do not just wait for a moment. Do not wait for an angel to come down from heaven to stir up the pool. Let's not wait. Let's walk as Jesus walked into that situation. Jesus did not wait for that angel to come down and stir up. But instead Jesus walked into that situation. And this morning, children of God, this is what we need to do. Let's not wait for opportunities. It is enough. We have waited enough in our lives. Let's walk into somebody's life this morning and tell him and find out what he is going through in his life. Let's share the gospel. Let it become our lifestyle. I wish if I can, when I go for shopping, if I can do the same thing. When I go to Tim Hortons to do, you know, have coffee, if I can do the same thing. Let it become our lifestyle. How better it will be, how good it will be. That's what Ecclesiastes 11.6 says. Do not wait for a moment, but just let it become your lifestyle. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. 
A farmer, think about a farmer. He is waiting in the field from morning till evening because there is wind against him. He wants to sow in the one direction, but wind is against him. And scripture says, he who observes the wind will not sow. He keeps waiting, 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 waiting. When the wind will get over, wind will not get over. And God is asking us to work over anything that is stopping us. It may be our ego. It may be our fear. It may be our, our uh, you know, something that, you know, we are bothered about. We think that we don't have. No. God wants your inabilities. God wants your weaknesses. God has taken, God has chosen the foolish things to put the wise into shame. You know, you need to believe that. We need to believe that. Shall we just give hands to God this morning and ask him, Lord, I'm willing. Use me, O oh God. Thirdly, growth. Growth. He sows the seed. And now all that he has to do is he has to just wait. Can he do something? Go underground and then do something? Push the seed up? No. It cannot have. Only the seed is going to come out. The plant cannot come. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. Who is making it grow? God. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God's, God who makes things grow. You know, most of the time when we want to share the word of gospel with somebody, when we want to share the testimony with somebody, we are worried about what the reaction will be. Will it really help? Will it really change his life? And God says when we read 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, it is God. It is the responsibility of the God. You and I cannot do anything to bring somebody into Christ. No. The work will not work. Only the grace of God. But you need to be there for what? You need to be there as Apollos. What he was doing? He was watering. What Paul was doing? He was planting. You need to plant and you need to water. And then God makes it grow. You know, this is the same principle that we need to apply as we share the word with somebody. Let's not get discouraged because you are telling somebody repeatedly to come to church. You are inviting somebody to church or inviting somebody to your home repeatedly, but they are not coming. Just do not get disheartened. Do not get discouraged because it is God's responsibility. We do our part and God does his part. But God wants us to do that. He wants to plant Adding souls, bringing new people to the church. God wants us to do that. Water. And God will speak to them. God will help them to grow in the knowledge of his word. God will do that. But eventually, one thing is very important. Growth is inevitable. You know, growth is inevitable. As I say, anything that is healthy, that grows. Anything your child is healthy, he or she Grows if it doesn't grow, there is something wrong with the health. And anything that grows produces. Anything that grows produces. You know, this morning God is telling us growth is inevitable. Shall we read from Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12? Ezekiel 47, verse 12. I can read it for you. Listen to me. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that side, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. 
Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Growth is inevitable because from where the water flows? From the sanctuary of God. From the presence. As you walk into that community that flows, that presence of God flows through your life. As we draw his presence in the church together. Every time when we pray, you receive the presence of God. When you walk, the presence of God flows through their lives. Growth must be there. Growth is inevitable. Anything that receives, that walks by you will grow. You know, as we invite the presence of God in this church, I'm sure church has to grow. Church will grow. There is no doubt about it. And you know what? God's kingdom grows. Jesus spoke about it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. He spoke out of the parable of a mustard seed. The parable of the mustard seed. Matthew 13, 31. Listen to me. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven... Is like a mustard seed, which a man took and showed in, sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Mustard seed is a little mustard seed. God is comparing that with. The kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. God's kingdom grows. God's kingdom grows. If you and I do our responsibility, do our work, our duty, you know, God's kingdom is like a mustard seed. That's one of the kingdom parables. When you sow the mustard seed, it is going to grow. Nothing can stop it. And it is going to grow in such a fashion. It's going to grow a big, a big tree. And it is going to provide for the air, birds of the air. And they are going to come and nest in its branches. You know, growth is inevitable. And this morning, God is speaking to you and me. He is encouraging us. If you do something for this ministry, if you are a part of this church, God is telling you this morning, never give up. Just continue to do what you are called to do. Because growth is inevitable. Finally, the harvest. A good part of everything that we talked about this morning is the harvest. You know, we are in different faces in our lives in our own lives some of us our ground is getting prepared in some of our lives the seeds are continuously sown into our hearts in some of our lives we see that you know we are just waiting for growth in our lives spiritually in many different areas we are just waiting for growth and some of us are just ready for harvest because we are already invested in the life of people and they are there to follow god you know, what a God, mighty God we serve. How orchestratedly he put everything here. And now we are talking about this morning, preparation we talked about already. Just a review, I'm going through it. Preparation, as I said, praying. When you pray for people, God prepares that land. Smiling at somebody. I'm not really good to smile. I don't smile much. You know, that's my weakness. All of you have some of your weaknesses. I don't want to probably talk about that this morning. But it is better to smile at somebody. And say hi to somebody, maybe in your community. And so at times you don't know what to say, but God gives you the word what to say. In your apartment, in your community, we are preparing those grounds. We are, everything is important in the cycle. We are preparing the ground. Now you start sowing. As you drive every day through the downtown, 
through that city god puts a burden in your heart now you are ready to sow god puts that burden because those who are ready to sow they carry the seed weeping the burden comes in your life you start loving them you start loving them yesterday we had a wonderful in a ministry i really thank god for those who could be part of that sending your children and coming there it was a blessing in those lives we saw Eighty of eighteen residents, eighteen nineteen residents were blessed because of our presence there. Love them, love people around us. Visit them when the God opens an opportunity. Visit them. Just go and meet them, even if they don't allow you inside their house. Just stand there and talk to them. Look for an opportunity. We are willing to sow the seeds in their lives. Come along with them, and they go through difficult moments. Just put your hands around them. Just be with them. Support them. Help them. Let them know that you are there. You are here. Let them know that you are praying for them. Let them know that you are care about them. You know that really encourages somebody. God is asking you to sow. Share with their in their burdens. Share your joy with them. Have a party with them. You know, enjoy with them. Just be with them and help them. by doing this you are sowing the seed into their lives now when growth happens people start coming to church the church start growing the ministry start expanding we see people involving in the ministry when we see you know god expects us to be salt and light and we see growth people go out and they become salt and light to that community and they become a blessing to others and we see growth happening and finally we are going to talk about harvest and finish harvest is nothing but what we are talking about is part of evangelism when we see salvations happening when we see souls giving their lives to jesus harvest is beginning there harvest is beginning when you see supernatural things happening in their lives we know that god is drawing people unto him supernatural things will happen when we go out and minister to somebody who is in need We all have a gift as I said we don't know it unless we until we sit here but when we go out and minister we see God's work God's power happening seeing in their lives when we see expansion happening to the ministry when we ex- see expansion happening to our own life that we started touching many lives you know what of God says the growth the harvest will result in exponential growth how Do you know a farmer what he does at the time of harvest? He takes most of the grain maybe for to consume for his family and to sell it out. But he takes the prime grain and he stores it for next season. And that seed is going to multiply. And next season he takes the seed and he sows the seed again. You know that's where we see multiplication happening. And I believe harvest is multiplication is part of the harvest that God is talking about. And you know what? Harvest is the time of achieving our expectations. The farmer sow the seed with expectation in his life. that this time he want to you know get the harvest maybe much more than the previous time. A greater expectation in his life. God's heart is there right there. when we expect god to move on behalf of us when we expect god to grow the church when we expect god to expand our territory you know that's where we see we are in line with the heart of god 
And God is asking us to get ready for the harvest. You know, this is what I just want to trust, stress before I close. I want to read from 1 Chronicles 4.10. God is asking us to get ready for the harvest. You know, this may be prophetical this morning in some of our lives and maybe in our church, in the life of our church. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And Jabez called on the Lord God of Israel saying, this is what Jabez said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. You know, God is asking about, uh, talking to us about the expectation that you and I need to have. When we want our church to grow, when we want God's kingdom to be established, God wants us to have that expectation. When somebody walks into the church, we need to just go and hug them. We should have a receiving spirit in our lives. When we are clear about the expectation, what you have, and whether it is in line with God, Jabez prayed, Lord, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory, O oh God. You know, that's a prayer that God expects us to, you know, make. And this morning, I just want to read one more scripture from Isaiah 54 too. Scripture says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You know, I believe God has given these chairs for a reason. I strongly believe that God will fill these chairs. And I just want you to expect God to do great things as we are ready for the harvest. Harvest is also a time of joy. Psalm 126.6 says, as we read, those who go weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. You know, harvest is the time of joy. Have you seen the festival, harvest festival? The farmers getting together and rejoicing because harvest is the time of joy. As they get the return of their investment, they are so happy. You know, when souls are getting added to the kingdom of God, scripture says heaven rejoices. Even one soul, if it gets added to the kingdom of God, listen to me this morning. If one soul gets added to the kingdom of God, scripture says, heaven rejoices. The joy that comes in our lives, you know, when we work in the field of God. You know, I pray that God may give you the desire. Now, I don't expect you to just come and go. I want you to be food bearing. I want you to carry the burden in your, in your hearts this morning. As I speak, I'm standing here with a heavy burden in my heart. I just want you to listen to that. I just want you to tap into the presence of God. And as the words of God comes to you. And scripture says finally. In Matthew chapter 9.37. Then he said to the disciples. The harvest is truly plentiful. But the laborers are few. That's where the heart of God is. That's where the heart of God is. I don't know whether you are serious about it. But I am serious about it. I wish you are serious about it. That's where the heart of God is. Harvest is plenty. Churches are getting closed down because people are not serious about ministering. They want to enjoy everything for themselves. It's better to close down those churches because it's, they are no more good. You know, when we think about outside, what is happening outside, forgetting about our joy, our comforts, forgetting about building our church, if we can do something to bring somebody into the presence of God so that heaven rejoice. Heaven doesn't rejoice how much ever you yell and scream and shout and worship. But heaven rejoices when one soul gets added in the kingdom of God. And this morning I just want to finish with this little biography of a missionary by name Jimmy Elliot. Most of you know, heard about Jimmy Elliot. At the age of 29, Jimmy Elliot from Portland, Oregon, 
he committed his life to Lord God in the year 1956, not very far, 1956. And he said, Lord, I'm willing to go into the jungles of Ecuador. If that's where you want me to go and minister the gospel. And Jim Elliot went to the jungles of Ecuador. He and four other missionaries, they were just planning to set up a camp in the territories of Ecuador, which are very dangerous and totally uncivilized Indian tribes there. They are known as Aukas. Aukas is the name of the tribe who were there in Ecuador. And Jim Elliot, at the age of 29, along with four friends, he decided to go to you know, Ecuador and to set up the camp there. First three years, they had to learn the language because they can minister to the tribes there. So they started small in a village known as Quechua. They started the small ministry in the village knowing Quechua and that's where they learned the local language and they started ministering. But after three years, they realized it is time for them to go to Arcus. Arcus is the deadly place where people kill people and eat their flesh. In such a you know, man-killer, people, place filled with man-killers, that's where God called Jim Elliot to go. Initially, they flew around that region because they were not willing to drug, you know, land in that place because it was so dangerous. They were flying over that place and they were dropping gifts and supplies. And they see all the Indian tribes, they come running and, you know, to take the gifts and all the supplies that were provided. And later, finally, they decided it is probably it is safe to land. And they decided to land in the beach. And they landed there. And after the moment they landed, there are men and women, they came there. They appeared to be very friendly. And they had meal with Jim Elliot and all the other four friends. And they returned. And next two days, nobody turned back. Nobody came to them. And they were so worried. Why we are just left alone? Nobody is willing to receive us. After two days, there were two ladies came. They appeared to be friendly, but then when they came closer to Jim Elliot and Elliot and all the four friends, they were not that friendly. And moment they were speaking, they heard a great army coming behind those two women. That great army coming with spears in their hands to kill Jim Elliot and his four friends in that place. Jim was given a fully loaded gun in his hands. Anytime anything happens to their lives, Jim was asked to use that gun because it is fully loaded. But these four friends, they had a common understanding. We will not use this gun upon anyone who doesn't have Jesus. We will not kill anybody who doesn't have Jesus because if we kill them, their soul will go to hell. Instead, we die. We will not use the gun. The great army approached them. Within seconds, the, the Akas warriors, they threw spears and killed all the four missionaries there in that field. They did not use their guns, even though they could have escaped. Elizabeth Elliot, Jim's wife, she totally lost communication with this group and then realized, she realized that they are all killed. And the history says, Later, within less than next two years, Elizabeth Elliot, along with the daughter Valris, went to the same Orcus village. And God started adding, adding souls 
to his kingdom. The entire raucous village came to the saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. Just because Jim Elliot, along with four friends, were willing to give their hands to God. Children of God, let's close our eyes. I believe this morning, we don't have any threat to our lives. But we have all the freedom to serve God. And this morning, just want everyone of you, do not move from this place before I pray and close. Do not move. Just want all of you to stand. Unless you are in an emergency, you want to go, you can leave. Otherwise, just be here. This morning, just want you to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I just want you to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit. There is a great burden in the heart of God about the souls that are perishing. The same God who worked in the life of Jim Elliot. I believe he is right here with the same burden. This morning I just want to make a commitment to God. Lord, it is enough, Lord. The days I live for you. I just want to live for you. The days I live for myself. It is enough. Shall we make a commitment to God this morning? I just want you to put out your hands this morning if you are willing. If you are willing, just raise your hands. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to pray with you this morning. If God is asking you to come out of your comfort zones to serve Him, to serve Him, just raise your hands and as we pray to Him, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Just ask Him grace. Some of us want to do something for God, but there is something that is preventing. Let's not look at the winds. Let's not look at the cloud. We will never sow. Instead, let's start doing it. Let's start doing it. Ask God for more grace this morning so that He may take the fear out of you. Ask God for more grace this morning so may He, so he may give you the willingness to act on behalf of Him. We are His ambassadors on a mission in this nation. We are missionaries to Canada. We are not just ordinary people. We are missionaries to Canada. God wants you to minister to the people around you. This morning God is calling you into His army. Just commit your ways to God. Just surrender and tell Him, Lord, Lord God, I just want to, Lord God, do your work in this land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for those hands that are raised this morning. Father, I thank you for the hands that are raised this morning, oh God. I just thank you, Lord God, for the willingness that you are dropping in these hearts, oh Father God. Hallelujah. Father, the days that we live for ourselves, it's all over. Lord, it is all about you and your kingdom, oh God. This morning, I pray that you would prepare for each of us, oh God, to that work, that great harvest that we are about to see in this place, oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray that that expectation level may increase in each one of our hearts, oh Father. I pray for such an anointing to come and touch these hands, oh Father God. We give you glory, send us with your peace, in Jesus' name. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.